the Journey Tale podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Zanotti. I believe life is about the journey, not the destination. To find the journey in every step of the road, the highs and lows, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, it's in that, it's in those moments that really makes life so beautiful. Our guest today has a journey of her own. Cassandra Bankson is an American model. She's an esthetician. She's an online social media personality. Please help me welcome Cassandra to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Sean, thank you for having me. Just speaking about the journeys and thinking about the bad times and how they help us relish in the good times. It's a little crazy to, to realize you can't have one without the other. It is so true. I mean, um, it's, it's interesting because it, the bad times, I feel like it helps mold us so that when the good times come, we know how to blossom and how to, how to you know, transition in those times. I want to start by really um, going through some of your background, but you've been featured on Good Morning America. You were on the Today Show. You're on the Doctors, Anderson Cooper Show, many international television shows for you and what you do. And when you, as you were growing up, did you ever think that your life would look like what it looks like right now? Sean, I love that you bring that up. Um, and even as you say that, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. How did I get on that? Like, how did that happen? Growing up, I struggled so much with my skin, with my appearance, but also with depression and with other issues. And um, there were times that I didn't even think I would see another year, right? And having to go from that area and being so insecure about my skin and what I was struggling with all the way to using that in a way that helps other people or being on Good Morning America and being asked about acne tips. Like, <laughs> you wanna listen to me? Like, are you sure? Um, absolutely surreal. And if you would have told, you know, 14 year old depressed me that my life wouldn't feel, you know, like a chore to get out of bed and a chore to wake up every day, I don't know if I would have believed it. But, you know, it's testimony to, you can't have those positive moments if you don't go through those struggles first. Mm, absolutely. I just, I love a good story and I love a good comeback story. And I mean, that was one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, let's talk about your story. So at the age of eight, you developed a, a very, um, a, a rare form of strain of acne. And that it grew more aggressively over time at the age of 14 into a skin condition that um, progressed to the extent where it took over your entire face and a big component of your body. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm leading up to as gorgeous as you are now, we don't see those things, but I want to take our viewers and our listeners through stages. So this happens, you're a child, child to mid-teen, uh, takes over your world, the outward appearance for you. At that moment in your life, what was that like for you? Well, Sean, it was uh, devastating and terrifying. You know, growing up, I was a 90s baby. So you see all of the models in magazines, you see all the people looking perfect on TV, and you just wonder why you can't look like that. Like, what's wrong with you? And as a young girl, I didn't see my worth as what I could bring to this world or what I could do. It was always well, you know, are you keeping up with a popular kid at school? Do you look good enough? And in eighth grade, I, or uh, when I was eight years old in the third grade, I vividly remember my very first pimple. Um, it was on the side of my nose. And one of my classmates named Carolyn came up to me and she was like, 
what is that? Is that a wart? Is it contagious? And he, I didn't know it was a pimple. I didn't know it was a wart. I was like, no, it's not obviously. And I just yeah. ran the other direction. And in the school line, when my mom was picking me up in the car that day, I look in the rear view mirror. I'm like, mom, what is this? Is this a wart? Is it contagious? She's like, no, honey, that's just a pimple. Don't worry. It'll go away. And little did she know that, you know, that was third grade by the time fourth and fifth grade and sixth grade rolled around, it wouldn't go away it would engulf 80 to 90% of my face, chest, and back mm. to the point that like, you couldn't even see my skin. Mm. And, you know, even now, like I, I have gotten control over my acne and I've learned as a medical esthetician, how to treat it since then, but, like you can still see the scars and, and the, I don't see, it looks, the, you look so beautiful. Your skin is, is flawless. I mean, for me you. looking at it, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Sorry to cut you it, off, but it is, it's beautiful. No, and I appreciate that because I struggled for so long to feel that way. Right. Because in media, like we are constantly told that we should have poreless skin, but like, if you look at the skin's anatomy, skin has pores, it wouldn't be skin if it didn't. And that was what was so difficult for me is that no one prepared me how to deal with acne. That was this severe, the mental health things that go alongside with that. You know, if we're struggling to accept ourselves or even look in the mirror every day, how are we going to have confidence and time and focus, you know, for a test, for a job interview, for a date? Like I had a real hard time with friendships and with, you know, all of those experiences and no one taught me about the scars that would be left behind. And now I can see, you know, I look at other people with acne. I'm like, you're beautiful. I see this as a skin condition. It, yes. you know, just like the other skin condition, it's, it's a, it's a defining characteristic of who you are, but it's not what you are. Right. It is one piece of so many things, but I still struggle even to this day. Like, okay, I'm acne positive. Now I can embrace my skin. I can go out without makeup and with my pimples and with my scars, but there are still days that I feel bad about it. And I'm like, what is it about me or about media or society that just does that to us? Mm. So you're saying that right now you still have moments where um, you feel somewhat insecure about your skin, even at this stage in your life. I do. You know, um, mm. Sean, it really comes out when I'm around high schoolers. Mm -hmm. I was bullied terribly in high school. I was called freak of nature. I was called pizza face and I would have pizza thrown at me in the cafeteria. Um, I was called connect the dots and I never went to a school dance never went to prom. I left high school two years early because mm. I was depressed and hurting and focused on my studies, which honestly, that was even difficult to do because I could not focus. Um, and, um, it was a lot of my acne that held me back from everything. And when you have something that you, like, I didn't see myself as Cassandra. I saw myself as acne. And it was to that point where it was so difficult and harmful to me that I couldn't even look in the mirror and focus on what I could give the world or what I could, you know, share because I'm so focused inwardly. Right. And it's really because of the community online and the acne positive. I call them the beautiful butterflies because just like a caterpillar caterpillar is the same as a butterfly, but we see the caterpillar is ugly and useless, which is what I felt like. But then we go through this transformation. We put ourselves in a cocoon, whether it's a cocoon of community or of depression or both. Right. And then we come out this butterfly, um, that people love and see the beauty in. And I feel that was really indicative to this experience, but even on that other side, you know, with people and media that now is more accepting, Sean, I still have days where I look in the mirror and I'm like, 
I don't look like the filtered image of me. I don't look, you know, as I don't feel as gorgeous as if I want to. And I'm like, okay, is it hormones? Is it my brain playing tricks on me? Is it these neural networks and these pathways that have been hardwired into my brain to dislike myself? And it, it still can be a struggle, but I think that knowing that it has a purpose helps it, right? If you're struggling without reason, it, it feels useless. But if you realize that that struggle is something that you can use to help others, or you can turn that into a passion, um, it gives you this unquenchable fuel to do epic shit. Sorry for swearing, but like to do yes. epic shit and to get stuff done that is bigger and beyond just you. Mm. Oh, I love that. So now you're a famous, you're a famous esthetician. Um, and it's amazing to see how the things that happen in your life um, mold you into really your destiny. You know, you took that situation that happened as a child and as a teenager and what you dealt with. And you said, you know what, I'm going to make it so I'm able to help others who are dealing with this and make that my profession. And you've done that and you've done it well. And you, you're able to do it because you're able to speak their language. You know what it feels like. You know what it feels like to walk around with acne or to walk around and not feel your best. And so I think that when your clients or when the community or when social media comes to your pages, um, they're able to connect with you in a way that is genuine and it's authentic because you've walked that walk and you're walking that walk. So, you know, um, I just think it's it's amazing. What, what can you say to the world who may not be familiar with you? Uh, what makes your services so unique? Oh my gosh, son. So good question. And you know, what I do in derm clinics or helping a dermatologist or in an aesthetic spot is very different than what we produce online. Um, you know, I started my journey in aesthetics in 2009, just trying to learn the makeup, trying to cover my skin. And I was able to book work as a model because I could hide under my makeup. I could hide my acne, but I felt like a living lie every single day. Cause here I am waking up, going to these castings, covering my face in makeup, trying to be this person that I'm not. If I get booked for a casting, they Photoshop me, they put this lighting on me and the end image is something gorgeous. But I look at that and I'm like, that's me, but it's not me, right? Because of all this Photoshop. And that was so difficult for me to conceptualize. And I've taken that and put it online. And it started honestly as a video diary, just sharing my struggles and makeup and depression and all of the things that go along with it. But it's turned into this community where we appreciate our skin and we love to learn about it. And I found that I think everyone is afraid of things that they don't understand, right? Whether it's someone's cultural background or religion or sexuality, if we don't understand that, we have a tendency to fear that as humans. And sometimes when it comes to skin conditions, we can fear that as well, right? Like, what is this? What's happening to me? What's going on? And just helping people understand and appreciate the biology and the anatomy of literally the human body, which is fascinating and amazing. It gives people a sense of both control and autonomy of understanding. And we can see this as not this horrible mystery condition that's just happening to me, but this normal part of biology that like right now, 60 million teenagers are struggling with acne, right? Okay. And we yes, can see yes. skin conditions for what they are and say, okay, we still can feel insecure. We still don't have to have every day be a good day, but we're trying our best. And it no longer is this mysterious thing that can't control us. And Hey, I'm going through it too. Um, I get in trouble a lot, Sean, because I am very passionate. So I, yes. you know, I'm very vocal about things like that on the internet and in emergency medicine or in professional settings, you know, you can't, uh, scream about someone using an eye cream or a, a you know, an ice, like a scrub that's going to destroy the skin. Um, but to make skincare 
educating and entertaining. It's like an honor as like an acne big sister to take that clinical experience and help to share that with people who maybe don't have access to it or, you know, who want to work through their insecurities too. It's so beautiful because what you're doing is you're helping people on this journey that I think that oftentimes people you may not think about. And at the end of the day, it's not about being vain. It's, um, I think what people, it's just what you naturally see. You see, you talk to someone or whatever you may be doing. The first thing that you look at may be someone's appearance and um, you're able to tackle that and help people, you know, of of all nationalities and of all ages. And, and I just think it's amazing what you do. Um, you have a, you're a skincare influencer. You have a following of over 2 million people um, across all your social media channels, which is just, I mean, that says a lot for itself. Um, and, and really, um, as I looked and I was just kind of preparing for this show, um, in detail, it's, you dive into your healing journey, and and, and you know, and and, you, and I think that's what people really resonate with, um, and and how you normalize, you know, textured skin. Um, what was the biggest part of your healing journey like for you that you would like to share with the world? Yeah, I think that there were little moments, Sean, and one of those main things I remember taking my makeup off on camera in front of the world, not knowing it was the world, right? I had this YouTube channel in 2010. I didn't think it was going anywhere. It was like this tiny little secret. And here I am as a model, learned to do my makeup in aesthetic school, you know, struggling to love myself. And I feel like a hypocrite every day, you know, being Photoshopped and being insecure at the same time. And like other girls were probably looking up to me in this magazine or on this billboard. And here I am, you know, um, in an abusive relationship, like hurting myself every day, picking at my skin. And I basically got on the internet. This is 2010. So nobody was watching YouTube. And I just took all my makeup off. And I was like, this is what I look like. This is the routine I used to get myself through every single day. And I was crying before the video. My nose was stuffy. And you could just see the acne. It had actually gotten better, but it had taken over my entire face. And um, I never expected that to blow up. I never expected people to care. Because Sean, when you grow up with, you know, kids telling you that you don't deserve to live, or that your family must be so embarrassed to be related to you. You know, when you grow up wearing makeup to bed and reapplying it every morning before you even see your mom at the breakfast table because you feel like a waste of air and you don't want to burden her with your ugliness. Like, how are you supposed to get over that? And I posted this video and I just stepped off the internet. You know, I had seen girls like Candy Johnson and Michelle Fawn and some of these legacy YouTubers that I loved so much. And I just wanted to be a part of their community. And mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had my own community in my real life because I was so emotionally insecure. And the internet felt like at the time a safer place. And I stepped off the internet after posting that video. I was like, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to deal with all the haters. I just had to get this off my chest. And four months later, I come back and honestly, Sean, it was a turning point because it wasn't just people telling me that I'm ugly or that I'm useless or that, you know, go to bed with a two, wake up, we go to bed with a 10, wake up with a two, right? Like it was actual people saying, oh my God, I felt like this for so long and nobody's talking about it. Or, oh my God, I didn't even know models could have acne. I feel so much more beautiful about my own skin. There was one woman 
she told me um, that she was going to get married to a guy, her fiance, and he had never seen her without her makeup on. And because of that video, she took the time to actually expose her acne and her bare skin. And she thought that he was going to leave her. And instead of leaving her, he opened her with arms and he kissed her and he said, I, I love you. Of course, I'm going to still get married to you. I don't care what you look like. I love you for who you are. And that three year relationship that ended up being a marriage and now they have a kid. She, like she couldn't accept herself without makeup until she almost saw someone else do it and said, okay, this is possible for me. And I'm not responsible for that. I was a small part in her journey. Right. But the fact that that can happen through something as simple as a YouTube video or a community online, it, it didn't give me instant confidence. And it definitely, you know, I've grown a lot since then too, but that was one of those pivotal moments of like, oh my God, I'm not alone here. I'm not the only one that's struggling with this. And you know what? It's okay to talk about because every single person that has a struggle, there's probably someone else that is hiding it and feeling the same and needs to hear it. And it's not for everybody to share, but if you have something that you've gone through, if you can turn that pain into a passion, you can help others. And then it's no longer in vain. And that experience, that assault, that acne, that thing, um, you know, it becomes your, your superpower and almost like a badge that you can use to say, Hey world, um, we're going to tear this down from the inside out. Oh my God. I just love it. I just love that story. Um, because essentially you dealt with that insecurity for you and you decided to just strip yourself and take off that makeup for yourself. And you walked away from social media saying enough is enough. And you walked back and it, it was that moment that made you go viral. Um, so essentially your weakness was someone in the world. Again, as I always say, it's when you're authentic, people connect, they, they connected with you and it took you from here. Not that you weren't already here, but it took you from here to here from a love level of people being able to connect with you authentically, which is just so beautiful. Um, you know, you now, you, you now have over 1.5 million YouTube subscribers, uh, with 110 million impressions monthly across all digital platforms. And you know, that, that following sparked for you authentically. Um, do, do you ever have just moments where it's just like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? Do you, that you just kind of, do you take in those moments for yourself? Yeah. All the time, Sean. And sometimes it's really hard for me. Um, I feel a huge sense of positive responsibility. Um, I have a little brother, but not an acne big sister, right? And I love my mother dearly, but she rides motorcycles. You know, she's covered up to her knees in dirt. She raises chickens, like she's never had a manicure. And so she never struggled with acne in the same way. So I didn't have people that I could look up to or that I could kind of go to for that advice. And I remember my brother actually used to tease me when I was younger too. Um, you know, he would just like poke fun at my acne and that just, you know, in my own home made me feel even worse. And Sean, I would sit there and I would say, the second he gets acne, I'm going to tell him to use the worst things. I'm going to tell him to pick at his skin. I'm going to tell him to use the lemon peels and stuff. Like I'm going to destroy his face. And when he did start struggling with acne, I couldn't do it. I couldn't delve it back to him. I couldn't give him the same words that he'd given me. You know, he's my little brother. Like, even though he's a little twerp, I can't do that. And um, I was that acne big sister in a little way for him to try to guide him through that. And I recognized I didn't have that big sister or that mentor, but maybe I can be that to someone else. Now, the difference is that I never expected that to be for, you know, 2 million people or 110 million per month. Like that is insane to me. And Sean, it gives me a huge sense of moral responsibility to uphold. It's 
a little, it's pressuring at times because mm -hmm. I want to research ingredients. I want to make sure that I'm listening to the doctors and dermatologists that I work with, that mm -hmm. I'm giving authentic advice. You know, um, there's a lot of fakery in the influencer world. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, I definitely felt the need to wear the brand names of the designers. Because again, remember, Sean, I wasn't good enough as who I was. It yes. was how much money are you wearing? How beautiful mm -hmm. are you? How many dates have you been on? Right all of these external metrics. And that was so difficult for me. So now I'm like, okay, I don't want to focus on those things. I want to focus on what matters, but that sense of responsibility, um, you know, taking sponsorships that are authentic, testing products for 30 days before I tell someone how they've worked on my skin. Um, it's a lot of pressure, but it's a good pressure to have because it, it keeps me, serious about my morals and values. And honestly, that's kind of where I get into trouble on the internet. I will call out people for their BS, right? Or if something is wrong, I will kindly address it. And I'll say, here's the medical research that says otherwise, because I know that that acne sufferer that is watching this person drink their skinny fit tea with like their skin, you know, bleaching cream from, you know, the Philippines and like, you know, this acne miracle, you know, stick, it's not going to work. Um, it's a company or it's a group of people that are trying to take advantage of those of us with insecurities. And as a big sister, I get protective and I get pissed off, especially when I can call the BS and derms and plastic surgeons and other people agree. I'm like, this is not okay. And the more we call to it and the more we call that out and have the data and the evidence to support it, the more that we're actually helping people. And like you said, knowing what it feels like having the responsibility as that big sister I don't see it as 2 million people. I see it as one. And that mm. one person is little me. And so in every single person, like, yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day. I can't respond to everybody's message, but I'm damn well going to try. And if five people ask the same message, I'm going to turn it into a video. And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to ask a derm and try to find it. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. No, but, 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 but you can tell this is a, it's a passion for you. This is not just something that you're doing. And that is why your audience is, is responding the way they're responding. What are three tips, three tips you can give the audience? Um, let's say there's an influencer out there that may be looking to follow in your footsteps exactly the way you are, um, the way you have been. What can you suggest for them to do? I think the most important thing is identifying your core values. To me, that was so important because who are you and what do you stand for? You know, if you don't stand for anything and if you're just completely neutral and you don't have opinions, you're not standing up for people when they're being hurt. You're not standing up for things that matter, right? Um, and when you stand up for things about equality or about people's rights or about the right to education or, you know, the ability to love our skin or our appearances, um, that's going to piss some people off. And I think that channeling, we have to recognize that someone's anger is the way that someone responds when they're feeling threatened or worried. Think about a time that we got angry. It's because we cared, right? And so I think that having that understanding is really important. And if you get angry about something, know what makes you angry because that is going to point you to what you care about. So number one, have those core values and know where that anger is and know where that excitement is. Chase your passion and chase your excitement. A lot of people try to put you in a box and they try to say, oh, you can only focus on skincare or, oh no, you could only, you know, focus on X, Y, Z, or you have to hack the algorithm. No, you don't focus on things that excite you because when you do that passion will come through. When I started my YouTube channel, I didn't care as much about skincare. 
I hadn't studied, uh, you know, the medical side of aesthetics. I hadn't studied, you know, emergency medicine. I hadn't studied the anatomy of skin extensively. I cared about makeup and about brands and about covering up. And I was in debt to buy the handbag that was supposed to make me the popular kid. Right. And I had to go through that and be in debt and get beaten down and be hospitalized and ask for help, which is much mm. harder than just holding it in. Right. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. you're struggling, it's so much harder to ask for help, but you I go know. through that. And you say, yeah. Okay. I can come out this the other side. And mm -hmm. now my passion is skincare. And is that going to change? Is it, you know, I'm hoping to become a dermatologist in someday far future. Like, is that passion going to change? Am I going to change and do, I don't know, like radiology or more emergency medicine? I don't know. But if you constantly as an influencer or as someone who wants to do this, constantly with your excitement, that is going to lead you in the right direction. Know those core values. Make sure that you are tuning into your anger in a healthy way to learn from it and chase your excitement. And then if you're comfortable with it, share that. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, what are some top skin care must-haves uh, to keep your skin fresh and youthful and acne-free? Awesome question, Sean. Those are actually, I actually am sitting with like a whole bunch of different, yes. some of my favorite products. Right? Okay. What do you <laughs> have there? Yeah. So when you say fresh and youthful and acne, you know, keeping acne at bay, those are actually different conditions or different things okay. and they need different ingredients. Right. And there are definitely plenty of ingredients that can help, but the ones that have been proven time and time again, either by medical studies or by anecdotally people using them, those are going to be best. So one of the best are retinoids. Those are the gold standard in dermatology. And the word retinoid is kind of an umbrella term. So um, retinoids are actually vitamin A and our eyes make it, our bodies make it naturally, but it is the most potent anti-acne and anti-aging ingredient. And the reason why is because retinoids bind to cells and receptors in our skin, the RAR and RXR receptors, and they cause this cascade to happen so our skin renews itself more quickly and the skin that is being made and renewed faster it's plumper um, it's denser it has more collagen um, it helps to get rid of that acne and it looks more glowy and youthful but there are different forms of these retinoids right so if you get something over the counter you've probably heard of retinol uh, or hpr those are super potent um, but your skin has to turn them into its most potent form uh, even more potent is something like uh, there's this retinaldehyde so that's with an a retinaldehyde only needs one conversion step to become the most potent and then if you go directly to your dermatologist or to your providing, you know, practitioner who can prescribe, um, they can give you retinoic acid. And that is exactly what our bodies naturally make the most potent, but also the hardest to get. Um, and this works for wrinkles, for fine lines, for acne, for hyperpigmentation. Now, if you are struggling with anti-aging, this is just one product that I picked off my floor since I'm literally sitting here talking to you. Um, this okay. is the Medicaid Crystal Retinal 3, the most potent form you can get over the counter. Um, okay. If you have acne, this is a really great oil from Dermalogica. Um, this one has salicylic acid. This also has jojoba oil, which is a lightweight oil that works for acne prone skin. And then it has a retinoid in it. And if you have access, you know, to a dermatologist, if you can, you know, get a prescription, there are different ones online, like, um, there's Rory, there's Dermatica, there's Curology. I'm sorry. Um, there's also, um, apostrophe, uh, you can get some of the prescriptions if you don't have medical insurance. Um, but I would say, you know, stick to things that you feel comfortable using that your skin likes and 
One of the biggest struggles, Sean, is that people come to me and they're like, oh, I've used all these creams and all these products and my acne isn't going away or my wrinkles are still here, right? Um, first off, aging is a privilege. Not everyone gets to do it, right? Yeah. But I ask, well, what ingredients are you using? And sometimes people don't know. They're going into Sephora, like 16-year-old me, right? I was a telemarketer. I was assaulted by my boss. I was a teenage runaway, struggling with my insecurities. And I'm making, you know... $300 a week. And I'm spending it all at Sephora on products that I don't know how they work and they're not helping me. I know what that feels like. And so when people yeah. come to me and said, I've spent a thousand, $1,500 on the skincare, nothing's working. It's like, okay, let's learn together about the ingredients. Have you ever tried this active ingredient? You haven't, maybe this can help or, Oh, you've used the same product or you've used the same ingredient in 15 different products and they all irritated your skin and made it red. That looks like a common factor. Maybe we can avoid that, um, that fragrance or that irritating compound or that really interesting exfoliant. And so that you don't get that irritation in the future and just giving people that choice, giving them the autonomy to make their own decisions and the knowledge that actually equips them to make that in a healthy way. Sean, it is so empowering and it makes all of the shit that we've had to go through, like worth it in a really weird way. What, um, what inspires you? What keeps you going? What keeps you ticking? I think it's a healthy sense of fear and responsibility and also bliss and joy. Um, you know, struggling with a uh, depression from acne or with like complex PTSD. Like what is even the diagnosis? I don't even know. I have a really great therapist, but there are still days and times where I just feel overwhelmed or like I can't take it or numb. And sometimes there, it is hard to get inspired. It's like, what, why am I doing anything? Why am I waking up in the morning? But there's almost a healthy sense of fear and responsibility of People need to stop looking at these photoshopped images and feeling bad about themselves. I can look at someone and see the power and the potential and the passion they have. But if we are so focused on just this reflection in the mirror, we can't go out and spread that message with the world. Look at you and what you do, Sean. Look at you sharing other people's stories, inspiring people daily. If you were in the mirror for eight hours a day or insecure about your skin and couldn't speak up and couldn't have these conversations and relationships, you couldn't do what you do best, right? And so... I think it's this, this almost this need of getting these things off my chest, this passion to explore and learn new things, but also people need to know that there is an alternative to the Photoshop and the Brazilian butt lifts and the filters. And it's hard. I even see people online that are filtered and Photoshopped and I know it's fake, but I'm like, oh, would it be nice to wake up like that sometimes? But I think recognizing that struggle um, is what inspires me because it shows us that as humans, we can persevere. And just seeing the beauty in people's struggles, you know, the struggles almost help you appreciate the high moments, you know, and the high moments help you appreciate what you've gone through when you've been low. Um, that's, that's what inspires me. And then just look around at anatomy, at nature, at biology, like what makes some of our hair curly? What makes some of our skin have more texture versus not? What makes our eye color different? And we know so much about the human body, but it is so fascinating and we still don't know everything. Um, that constant learning and growth and exploration is something that fascinates me every day. And then I can share that with others. Dude, I can be a big sister. I can be a mentor to you. Oh my God. I can help you start a business and social media, sharing your insecurity, someone's body insecurity, someone's scar story. Hell yeah. Um, it's not me, it's them, but knowing yes. that I played a small little part, you know, it makes all those difficult things worth it. 
Uh, I want to talk about something you just said. I think it's so important. And you know, in this whole world of filters, uh, filters on camera, filters on Instagram, on you know whatever whatever you're doing, your Instagram lives, or you know, how do you advise people to be comfortable in their skin and be okay with being natural? Um, how do you do that? And how do you not just not just say it? and walk the walk, um, but uh, stay in the sense where you see the results and you see people actually being able to put those shoulders back and knowing well, that they are beautiful, you know, regardless of having, you know, foundation and, and whatever else on their face as a filter on top of the makeup and everything else they have going on. Men and women do it. What I say to people is, you know, kind of starting with that first step and trying. Um, for me personally, I got really fed up with the Photoshop and something I started doing on Instagram. You know, I was a model in a previous life. I know what it feels like to be overly manipulated in an image. So you know what I do? I take my pictures and I Photoshop the hell out of them. And then I post the before and after. And someone scrolls on my page and they look at that and they're like, oh my God, this gorgeous model with this dress and like this perfect hourglass body. <laughs> And then yeah. they swipe right and they're like, oh my God, she's got a lot of scars. She's got lumps and bulges. That dress wasn't even posed like that. You can do that in image manipulation. And it rips the veil off of this and it shows people what's actually there so that they're not comparing their reflection to somebody else's retouch, right? Mm. And something I've done recently, like if I'm using a filter, I will say like filter or no filter to help people understand that. And sometimes even like in an Instagram story or in a TikTok, I will have filter on, filter off while I'm just talking about something. And that way it kind of helps people see, oh, this is what it looks like, or this is what it isn't. Um, and I regularly encourage our subscribers to find what it is they are doing to help the world and how that doesn't involve their appearance. You know, Sean, what you do for this world, what you can share with other people has nothing to do with what you look like. What you look like is how you choose to express yourself. It's how you choose to decide who you are every day. And if you want to wear makeup, if you want to do fashion, if you want to do your hair, go for it. But you don't need that to be worthy of love and intrinsically valued. And I've studied marketing and cognitive chemistry and literally just the marketing the entire beauty industry would fail if we were all secure about our skin, right? Absolutely. So a lot, of these, a lot of these companies have, you know, bias and reason to try to keep us being insecure. But as someone who has had to spend time in psychiatric hospitals, as someone who has struggled with depression and abusive relationships and hurting myself through those for multiple years, I am sick and tired of companies telling me that I'm not good enough because I don't look like this celebrity that doesn't even look like that. And so tearing away that veil and just trying to kind of get back at these companies for doing this marketing and elevating and appreciating the ones that do show real skin that give us the choice whether or not we want to treat something. Um, I ask my subscribers and I ask everybody to look for that. And then I give them challenges. I say, try. For me, one of the hardest things was looking in the mirror. And what I had to do at one point, I had put papers up on my mirror mm. so that I didn't have to look at my own reflection. And wow. I started with affirmations and it okay. took me, I had these papers on my mirror for probably six months to a year, but I started taking a pen and I just wrote, your eyes are beautiful or what you do for this world has nothing to do with what you look like or mm -hmm. hey, your smile is pretty today. And Sean, the first 10 times you read it, you look at it and you're like, whatever. You don't believe it. First hundred times you're like, yeah, 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 pretty eyes. Okay. But by like the 200th or the 300th time, you're like, yeah, my eyes are pretty. What I do give to this world doesn't have an impact on whether or not I'm breaking out. And 
that just, it, it was like this subliminal subconscious messaging that was just so helpful for me. And sometimes people need therapy. Sometimes they do need help. They just need a shoulder to cry on or a friend to talk to. Sometimes they need algorithms or systems or ways to practice self-care, right? Going back to materialism, I was that girl who spent money I didn't have to impress people that I didn't like or didn't know by buying handbags that I couldn't afford. And I was miserable and in debt. And yeah, what for some stupid logo on a, on a handbag, you realize that when it comes to these brand names, we're doing that to express ourselves or we identify with the brand, which is fine. But for skincare, you don't know if the product I'm using is $80, 800 or 18. Mm -hmm. And what I'm doing in front of the mirror, I'm a very touch oriented person taking care of myself, doing that for me and not anybody else. To me, it's like a form of meditation or self-care. And it's something that nobody else can take from me and helping other people see this isn't about fixing your imperfections. This isn't about making you look perfect. This is about you appreciating yourself, learning about chemistry, learning about biology and being a part of a community that believes in something more because we as consumers deserve better. We deserve more ethical products, honest products, authentic and unfiltered products. Um, that to me is how I try to get people to realize you deserve more and it's okay to ask for it. So challenge yourself to posting an unfiltered Instagram photo next to the filtered one. You can take it down if you don't like it. Challenge yourself to not use the filter when you're on Zoom. Try going out without makeup and you might be shocked at how little people care because we think that everyone's judging us, but really the same way we're insecure, so are other people. And we're checking ourselves in the Zoom mirror. We're not looking at other people, right? We're checking ourselves in their sunglasses reflection. Mm -hmm. We're not judging them and they're not judging us. So sometimes it just takes uh, a little bit of pressure and a little reminder. Oh, I love that answer. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. How do you give of yourself uh, so that you're able to give? Like, what do you do for yourself? Um, like, how do you pour into yourself? Do you meditate in the morning? Um, do you, you what, do, are you spiritual? What is like, can you kind of take us into your world a little bit personal, if you don't mind? Um, what does that what does your journey, your internal journey look like for you to be able to give in this way? Because this is, this is um, the way that you're giving to people is not just, um, you know, the typical esthetician coming in and you're just diagnosing someone. Now you're really touching on deep points for people. And, um, you know, I, I do that too. I'm a publicist as well. I'm also, you know, hosting the show, but a big part of my day is, is listening to people and when what they're going through. And, you know, so you have to find ways to release and um that you don't hold on to all of what you're listening to and, and how you're able since you can still give completely and fully to other people what do you do to do that Sean you know and I'm not always the best at it um but there are a couple of things that I do and like you're saying you know when we are helping other people through their journey we're not fixing them but we're being a sounding board or a shoulder to mm -hmm. cry on or listening it's almost like an unofficial counselor right or un yes. unofficial guidance and yeah. it can't be taxing if you don't know how to deal with that mm -hmm. um there was a quote from oprah that has stuck with me um talking about a cup and she's saying that imagine your cup is filled with water and you're constantly pouring it out you're constantly pouring it on other people your friend needs something you know you help them out with it you lend money to someone else you spend your time your you time on doing something for someone else um you go out of your way for someone at work you stay late when you're constantly pouring out that cup that cup becomes drained and then what do you do when you're burnt out and depressed is someone going to drain their cup into you are they going to reciprocate like that are you even able to ask for help when you're that down 
And I have felt like that for so many, so many years of my life. And something Oprah said is that instead of just constantly pouring your cup out for others, take a big cup and pour into this. And if this cup is overflowing, you don't have mm -hmm. to constantly drain yourself. There is so much coming in that people are able to bask in the overflow and their mm. cups are being filled just by being around you. Yeah. Like, oh, just wow. By being connected you? to you. They, they, they benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that speaks to the need for, you know, whatever this self-care is. And self-care doesn't mean spending money. Self-care doesn't mean ignoring your responsibilities. Sometimes self-care is learning about finances. Sometimes self-care is doing the therapy or the hard work, um, but making sure that you tap into what makes you fulfilled, what helps you get into a flow state or a meditative state and focusing on that so that you can let others drink from your overflow. And Sean, there are days that I am not the best. There are days that I still, you know, have tendencies to not like myself or to hate what I see in the mirror or just to feel like a weird sense of numbness, which I'd never felt before. That was like a new thing for me um, that I experienced recently. And for me, it's going to be different for everyone, but I feel so inspired by learning things, science and nature. Hmm. And Sean, in a world where my job, both as an esthetician in, in medical settings, in emergency medicine with pages going off in the YouTube world where notifications are going off where people have messages and questions and concerns that I love to help and answer, it's a constant flow. And what's the opposite of that? Like you feel like everything's attacking you. My opposite is in the ocean. When I am surrounded by water being tossed around by a wave. I don't know if it brings me back to being in utero, like in my mother's uterus. Like I have no idea, but for me, it takes me back to this calm sense of being with nature. There's nothing going off in my head. It's almost meditative. And whether it's swimming in the ocean or surfing or just feeling weightless, maybe like an mm. astronaut. Yes. That to me is the most meditative. And I feel like a new person and I will wear my sunscreen, but it is the one time that sun exposure is like not on my top list of concerns. And then hiking through the forest, looking at trees that have been here for hundreds of years, understanding, you know, how rivers just through time can cut through earth and like exploring the rocks, um, exerting yourself physically so that you have endorphins. Um, you know, you have some of these positive, happy chemicals being made inside of your body. Um, that to me is exhilarating. And I love going fast. I ride a motorcycle, which I don't tell a lot of people. My mom, again, she rides a motorcycle. So does my younger brother and feeling the wind in your hair. You know, when you're on a motorcycle, it's very different than driving a car. You have to be very mm -hmm. focused. Yes. And I find that in those times of moving fast, feeling small and insignificant, and then having to be focused, um, even learning when I'm in a classroom, just like you having an instructor or someone who can carry a story to make this biology or this anatomy interesting. I took a course from a National Geographic instructor in um, School of Medicine, and um, he was talking about medicine through the lens of ancient Egyptian history. And his passion was overflowing so that my cup could be filled. And that mm. to me, it wasn't a course that I needed a good grade on. That to me was replenishing and refueling. And taking those experiences and then being able to plug those into the internet and help people with their insecurities or get over my own. That is how I try to fill myself up and also good coffee, really good coffee. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my gosh. I just love it. I could just talk to you forever. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the time. We've just sure. been going and going. You're sure. amazing. How about you? I want to know, like, I know that you have a dog. Like, what is it that you do to fill yourself up too? Because I'm sure you hear and you help people platform so many of their important stories, but that can be exhausting. Is there anything for you that is just um, meditative or replenishing? Oh my goodness. You know what? I, so long I've been doing this show. No one ever flips it back to me. So that was like, I wasn't expecting you to say that to me. Um, yeah, I'm a mother. So my child is like a big part, a huge part of my life. Um, but to be honest, I have a whole routine that I have to go through every day. So I wake up in the morning and I, I have to, I, I journal, um, I, I meditate. I, I listen to a, a several podcasts, like just before I even work out, I have to work out every day. Like I'm not, I think, I mean, I have to, so I have to get in there, uh, work out. I do that every day. So Monday through Friday, and then I take off on the weekends, uh, most of the time, unless it's like, I've been eating pretty bad or something. I'm like, oh, I got to get, get in the gym to look, do a little extra something. Um, and then I just, I am just, I am very spiritual, just very spiritual. I've been spiritually in tune practically my whole life, but I've dived more into the spirit, probably the past seven, eight years or so. So, um, you know, I'm guided by spirit. I, in fact, my clients, if I don't feel spiritually in tune with my clients, I won't, I won't take on a client. I will, I've also let go of clients off of not being spiritually in tune with how I feel the beliefs are of the company. Um, you know, same with the Yeah. Values. I don't just bring on anyone on the show. So, I mean, you know, I have, people, publicists, they reach out to say, he put someone on, but if it, it's, again, I look at the story I, and, it, and I'm just spiritually led. So I do everything through the spirit and um, through energy. So that's, that's a big part of my world. That is beautiful. And I think that also goes to show, um, you know, there are definitely many religions, different spiritualities out there. And, you know, just like acne, people fear things they don't know, but mm -hmm. when you recognize, and when you start to understand that, when you start to get in tune with that energy, um, and even for people who have different religious beliefs, you know, two plus two is four, but so is three plus one. And yeah. when we can see that and we can tap into not the fancy name that we give that, but the feeling that it gives us that connection with creator or with spirit or with whatever, um, with that meditative flow, with that thing that we're doing. And we yeah. use that to help heal others. Yeah. That is what allows us to replenish ourselves and to, to feel overwhelmingly connected. And Sean, that's probably why, you know, things happen. Well, like that's why we're yeah. on this. That's why we're doing this interview happen. right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, and I'm, I'm not just saying this to sound cliche, but every single person I've had on this show so far, it is, it has been intentional for me. I do not, I say no way more than yes. There's the, you know, but it's, it's intentional. I, I put people on the show that I resonate with personally. I resonate with their story. And that I know that the audience that's following would resonate because they're following me. So hopefully they're in tune uh, in the same way, but your story personally was amazing. And what I see that you're doing with the world is just absolutely amazing. And again, I, I gravitate to people who are authentic. I try to be as authentic as I can, as I just, as I touch the world. Um, I just think that, that coming from that place as you move just makes such a big difference. No, it really I, does. I want to wrap with this segment that I call tell and tell, which is the play on the word show and tell. What is something that you can tell us that has impacted you um, that no one seems to know about? A secret, if you will. Ooh, a secret. So one of the things that I do say quite regularly, and I don't want it to be a secret, 
is that what you look like has no impact on how you can help this world. What you look like, your physical appearance, whether you're a size two or 22, whether or not you are tall or short, fat or thin, which again, fat is not an insult, thin is not a compliment, right? None of that matters in the ways that you can change others. Think about the people that you're helping by sharing your story. Think about the child that you're help raising and the life that you're giving them. Think about the friends and family, the community that you foster. Think about the animals or the other you know, creatures that you share this world with. Think about the business that you want to build and scale. None of that has to do with what you look like. And you know, media and marketing will tell us that it does because they have a financial incentive. They're going to try to drag us down because I don't know, it makes the bully feel bigger to make someone else feel small. But the more we can recognize that, the more we can realize that we have something intrinsically amazing in us and we are deserving of love and respect mm -hmm. regardless yes. of what that outward appearance is. Mm -hmm. And I say it quite regularly, but I feel like it's a secret because it goes against everything that companies and, you know, abusive relationships and abusive parents or bullies tell us. And I think sometimes it just takes someone to take you by the shoulders and say, you are enough. And with what you have, you're going to learn more. You're going to grow through it, but this is enough to change the world. So let's start today in whatever way you're capable of doing. Ah. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. If someone is listening or watching and they want to follow you and your journey, if they're not already following you, how can they go about doing that? You know, um, great question, Sean. All of my handles are at Cassandra Bankson, you know, and we share aesthetic medicine and reaction videos and we yell about the industry, but I would say like, don't even consider following me. I mean, if you want to, then fine. But Think of following hashtag like acne positivity or body neutrality or body positivity. You know, social media feeds, they're, you know, kind of getting into our subliminal minds, right? What we see is like a reflection of who we think we should become or who we actually are. And if we're constantly seeing media that's tearing us down, we don't feel good. So look at those people who make you feel insecure online and unfollow them, right? look at people who are online who are speaking about these things and opening up about them to make you feel better about yourself so follow you know the journey told podcast instead you know follow hashtag acne positivity or body positivity follow what you're struggling with and when you start to see people embracing that it makes it that much easier for us to embrace it so i'm at cassandra bankson if you care but like my message is, you know, follow the hashtags that will help you revamp your feed and help you see other people stepping into, you know, their confidence and their beauty um, in the way that you are totally capable of. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your message uh, with me and with this audience. I think you're just absolutely amazing, both inside and out. Your, your radiance, your light just shines. So sending positive energy and wellness your way virtually. Okay. Sean, likewise, I'm sending you lots of love and of course, good skincare, good caffeine and self-care. <laughs> oh, I'm taking it all in. Yes. <laughs> it's mutual. Well, that is it for this episode of the Journey Told Show. I'm going to leave you with words that my father would so often say to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your spirit. Mm -hmm.